What's up, everybody? This is Mike Isicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi. Hello, hello, and today we're going to start off talking about a blockbuster signing that happened. Um, J.J. Watt was signed to the Cardinals for two years, $31 million, with $23 million guaranteed. Gabe, you want to start off on this? Uh, yeah, wild, wild signing. I don't know if I expected this. Obviously, DeAndre I Hopkins might have done, might have done some big recruiting. I don't know if it was it was a great signing for the Cardinals. Don't know if JJ Watt made the right decision. Yeah, obviously, I think he's in it for the money. Cardinals in the hardest division in football has, still have too many holes on their defense. AFC North is harder, but okay. This is false. They have the Bengals. Okay. All four teams in in the NFC West. Or playoff caliber. All right. Um, uh, I'll say, I think, yo, bold prediction here. I think the Rams are coming out of the NFC in the Super Bowl, but. I don't know about that. I don't know if Matthew Stafford makes that large of a difference. With, well, who knows? Who knows? But as you said, yeah. two years, $31 million. It's $23 million guaranteed. So it's about fifteen and a half million per year at the max. Yeah, I mean, I think that because of injuries, um, and how bad his team is, um, we forget how dominant JJ Watt is. I mean, of course, this year he did play sixteen games, but again, like Deshaun Watson, even he just didn't really have anything to play for, so he didn't do as well. But in his last full year, besides this year, he had 16 sacks. Then before that, 17, 20, 10, 20. J.J. Watt is still one of the best defensive ends in the league. I agree, and I don't know. People people just forget how dominant he is. Although the problem is I – it's not a good fit. Don't get me wrong. I, I said this on a previous podcast. No matter where J.J. Watt goes, he's going to do well. But he could do better on different teams. I think, like, the Browns right. would have been a better fit. Because the Cardinals run a 3-4. He's going to be forced to run, like, a be a 5-tech, 3-4 defensive end, which isn't a good fit for him. I think, really, he needs to be – his best fit is to be in a 4-3, where he's a 4-3 defensive end, pass rusher. I mean, and I... he's still going to do good because he's J.J. J. Watt, but I don't think right. it's an amazing fit for him. You mentioned this in the episode where we talked about where we think he's going to sign. I don't know. Right, I agree that he might be better, but I don't know if the Cardinals want to play him on the edge. They're going to need to. He's too. He's not fast enough to go anywhere else, and he can't cover. He can't be a 3-4 outside linebacker. No, I'm thinking they play him in the inside, down in, no, Gabe, when you're three edges in a 3-4 are the outside linebackers. When you're a 3-4 DN, you're on the inside. He's going to play 3-4 I'm DN. I'm saying they might want to play him at tackle. A 3-4 DN is like a tackle, Gabe. I still, like, I'm talking about that. Like, he, he is very, very, very quick, and he is great going down the middle. You, he... He played played in the middle at the beginning of of his career, slowly been declining, more and more playing at the edge. Last year, he only took, what, 15% 15 of his snaps on the inside. He's going to be a 3-4. He's going to be a 5-tack, which is essentially a tackle. J.J. Watt, Generated just eleven total pressures, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use PFF here. Don't love all their stuff, but I'm gonna use them. Yeah, I don't like PFF, but right PFF pass rush grade of only sixty eight point three. That grade jumped twenty points when moved to the inside. Yeah, I mean, I think they they might try to use him like the Rams use Aaron Donald, but they're just right. different players, and I don't think JJ Watt can do that. I think he would be. His I mean, don't get me wrong, he can do it. Skill with age he, and injury. he can do it, and he'll be good at it, but he'll, he'd be much better in a 4-3. 
Um, right. Obviously, I think he got, you know, 31 mil, two years, 23 mil guaranteed. He could get up to 15.5 mil per year. I think J.J. Watt is worth that money when you're getting over 10 sacks a year, even 17 sacks, like 16 right. sacks. It's 100% worth that money. Um, and yeah. Right. And so, right. And um, it's a bit less than what he was going to earn in Houston this year, but he's obviously playing for a way better team, way better organization. Yeah. Um, and one thing is, man, is I think this is going to help out Cliff Kingsbury's case just because they're going to do better with it. And in my opinion, I still don't think Cliff Kingsbury's very good. And I still think I that unless that. they like do very good, he should get fired. I I would agree. You're too good of a roster to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Um. Don't care definitely. what division you're in. Yeah, definitely. Um. Um. Yeah. The Cardinals over the past few years, they use, a they build their contracts a lot by using kind of like break years and splitting up the bonuses. They they use that with most notably Hassan Reddick, who's a free agent this season. They did that with J.J. Watt. They're splitting up his bonuses. At this year, he, he's earning majority. He has the chance to earn majority of his bonus money pretty much only this season. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, it's a very, like – First year heavy contract. Yeah, um, which I think is what you need for a player who, honestly, I am not as confident in him as you are. JJ Watt is so good. He's still he's one of the best. Still guys. so good, but I just don't. We just forget how dominant he is because of injury and how bad his team was this year and how he didn't really have anything to play for. But when he's really going out, he's just so good. Right. But yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely a big deal. Yeah. Um. So, going on next. Um. So now, college basketball. Obviously, we're in March. Selection Sunday is in l- less than two weeks. Con- major conference tournaments are about to start. Minor ones, some minor ones have already started. And right now, a lot of people are saying different things about teams on the bubble. So right now, you know, you know, Joe Lenardi always does his thing, Joey Brackets, where he gives his last four buys. And just to explain to you guys who don't know, the last four buys are the are the last four teams that don't that are in the tournament but don't need to play in the playing games. And the last four in are the four teams in the playing game. Then there's the first four out, the first four teams not making the tournament, and the next four out, the next four teams not making the tournament. So right. with the bubble teams, we made our current um, last four buys, last four in, first four out, and next four out. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to put in is one team that people have been talking about being on the bubble is St. Bonaventure. And I decided not to include them on my list because I would predict that they will win their conference. And I decided that I'm, I want these teams to be teams that don't have the automatic, that I wouldn't think would have the automatic bid. So because I'm predicting to them to win the conference, I won't have them here. But if they end up not winning the conference, I think they will make the tournament as a non-winning conference team. So I just want to put that out there. Um, right. So, you want to start off with our last four buys? All right. I'll kick it off with my first last four buy. It is, it's Georgia Tech. They beat Duke last night in a thriller in overtime. Yeah. Um, um, I also have Georgia Tech on my last four buys. Georgia right. Tech, I mean, they're a they, good team. Jose Alvarado is an amazing player, and they got Jay right up the middle. I think they right. are a good team. I'll talk about the Duke-Georgia Tech game a little later when I talk about Duke because uh-huh. you know me in general. I'd rather talk that talk about that from the perspective as a Duke fan. But right. they recently beat Virginia Tech. They also beat a quad nine, or I don't know if that you'd call them that, but a team, they also beat Duke. They've had some solid wins. They beat Florida State, which was a great win. Um, they, what? Yes, they did beat Florida State. I was looking beat, earlier this season. They beat UNC, Clemson. Um, yeah, I think they definitely 
deserve to be in that last four buys. Right. They they ripped up Pitt when they played him. Pitt almost came back, but it wasn't that close of a game in all. all. Yeah, I... Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about... Wait, I want to talk about Jose Alvarado for, for a minute. Yeah. Being honest, don't watch a ton of Georgia Tech, but when he played Pitt, just the energy he brought to the floor was outstanding. Yeah. So, Jose Alvarado, it was weird. Jose Alvarado actually didn't have a great game against Duke. That game was all about Jay Wright, their big man. But yeah. Jose Alvarado, in general, is just amazing. He's a really experienced player. He's either a junior or a senior. I don't remember. He's a senior. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, he's the best free throw shooter in the ACC. has the best percentage at 87%. Might have even gone up since last night a little bit. But um, yeah. he's just such an experienced player, and it's those players that you need to lead your team. Right. He shoots 40% from the, from the three. He's a clear leader. He averages 15, four, and three rebounds. Yeah. Just yeah. brings outstanding energy. Yeah. And also, like, um, Georgia Tech's coach, he isn't talked about that much. Um, but, I mean, um, I'm blanking on his name here. It's Josh Pastner. He's not talked about that much because he's not, like, a big-time coach. And he's young. He's only recently become a head coach. But he is a very – he is a good coach, and I think they are a well-coached team. Yeah. Yeah. So, Georgia Tech was my second team on the last four buys. So, now mm-hmm. we'll talk about my first team, and that is Louisville. I also have Louisville. Louisville is in a very good team. They were ranked in the beginning. They were consistently ranked in the beginning of the year, but fell off. They're coming off of a win against a win against Duke. They have wins against – they have a win against Georgia Tech. I mean, they – um, they had a bad loss against Miami, but that was an off day. But they have a win against Virginia Tech. Um, they they lost to Wisconsin, which is bad. But then they have a win against Seton Hall. And um, Louisville's a really good team. Obviously, Carly Jones is great. David Johnson is great. And they're just um, they're not a great they're not a very good shooting team. Definitely from three, but they are a good team. Right. They're, they're led by, by by Kirk Jones, senior guard. Yeah. Um, he's averaging 17, 5, yeah. and 4 rebounds this year, which excellent. Yeah. I've, I've, I've not watched a Louisville game this year, really? but just looking off the stats, he seems like a great player. 32% from the three, Carly, 42% from yeah, the field, I mean, and 2% from the free throw Carly, line. Carly Jones isn't a great three-point shooter, but he doesn't shoot a lot of threes. The last right. thing about Louisville, they only have two players above 30%. They have da- um from three-point. They have David Johnson, who's a very good three-point shooter. He's like 40% from threes. And they have Carly Jones. Like, they're not a good three-point shooting team besides David Johnson, and that's not what they rely on for their game. But they are a very good team, nevertheless. Right. They're also not great defending, or no, um, they're not terrible defending three. But I mean, um, they're they're a very good team that right. I think could pull off an upset. And one very likely possibility is that they end up playing uh, like a two seed Ohio State in the second round. And I'll say this right now: if Louisville plays Ohio State, I'd have Louisville pulling the upset. All right. Um, you wanna yeah. move on? Or yeah. I'll say my next one. Yeah. For my next one, I have a, a mid-major school. It, it's Drake. Ooh, They've okay. had an ex- excellent season. They're 24-3. and three. Um, Just coming off of a, a, a bad loss um, to Bradley, but Drake, great, great school. In the beginning of the year, they were on fire. What They were undefeated for... A yeah. very, very long I mean, time. I so I'll say this. I have Drake 
on my last four in because uh-huh. they have a great record, but they haven't beaten anyone good. They've only been one ranked team the whole year, and that was Loyola Chicago. And then they also have also lost Loyola Chicago once. Right. They've had a loss to Bradley. They haven't really beaten anyone good except for Loyola Chicago. Then they have bad loss against Valparaiso. Um and like they're a good, they're a good team that should definitely be in the tournament. But I, I don't think I don't have them in my last four buys just because they haven't really beaten anyone good and they've had some bad losses. Right. I mean, they they had a they had a a game winner versus versus a ranked team in in Loyola Chicago in overtime, coming off a bad loss to Bradley. But they are twenty four and three. When you watch them play, they look insanely talented. They've beaten. Uh, they can't. I I love, really like these mid major schools. I like putting them in the tournament. Um, putting Drake in. Yeah. All right. So my next and the last four buys is Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Now Michigan State has had a very up and down season. They started off as like a top 10 team, but they like Duke, similar to Duke, even after a win against Duke in the beginning when they were two top 10 teams. They quickly fell off and to not be ranked, but recently they've come back on. They're 14 and 10 this year. They're only 8 and 10 in the conference. Um, But what's really put them here is just those two amazing wins they they have two great wins they have a win against um illinois then a win against um ohio state um and yeah um they're just that illinois ohio state indiana is a solid team they're coming off a bad loss to maryland but that was an off day for them they um They've beaten some solid teams. They beat Penn State, um, and they beat Rutgers, who's a solid team. Um, and yeah, I just think they are definitely a team deserve that deserves to be, especially because of those two big wins that deserves to be in this last four buys. Right. I have Michigan State is my last is my fourth of the last four, and especially like ninety percent because. They had back-to-back wins versus the number five and number fourteen in conference, right? Just wild. Um, they have games, two games against Michigan to end off their season. One tomorrow, and one on the seventh. And they're probably gonna lose to Michigan, but I don't want to put that against them, right? Like, right? Michigan. No, I was gonna say if they can pull off an upset versus Michigan, that would be the greatest end of season push to make the yeah. tournament ever. Not ever, obviously. Yeah, but it'd but be amazing. It would be insane. Yeah. Um yeah. So I'll say this. My next team is Xavier and I want to make the quick argument versus Xavier versus Drake. I don't know. I just don't think you can put Drake over Xavier. Yes, they're coming off a bad loss against Georgetown, but Xavier has beaten Creighton, the the 14th team in the nation. They beat Butler, who just beat Villanova. Um they have two wins against Butler. They've beaten Providence, a solid, a solid team. They've beaten Marquette. They beat Oklahoma, the 16th team in the country. So they have two great wins against Creighton and Oklahoma. They've beaten Cincinnati. Like um, they've beat they they've beaten Bradley even, who's not a good team, but they but Bradley beat Drake versus Drake, who's only good win the whole year is against Loyola Chicago, who they also lost to, and. I get Drake has a better record, but they've only lost. Xavier's only lost three more games, and they have much better wins. I, I, I guess I, just, I, I don't know. Just something about Drake I like. They, they've got the record. They don't have any impressive wins. They're in a mid-major co- in a in a mid-major conference, but I'm putting them in. It. I'm putting them in. Excuse me. Yeah, I I say I do like the Xavier team. They have two great wins, and I think they deserve to be in that last four buys. Right, I do have Xavier in my first four in. That last makes you feel any in, better? Last four. What? In. You know what I mean. Yeah. Last four in. Um, 
Yeah. I have Xavier in my last four, and I'll I'll start off with them. You say you I uh, probably are uh, are better than than Drake. Obviously, have the impressive wins. Don't have as big of the record, but yeah, you you basically said all there is to say. Yeah. Yeah, Xavier's a very good team. I'll go on to my um next team, my first team on the last four in, which is UConn. Um, so I'll say this. I have, I already mentioned that Drake's on my last four and I have UConn. So those two teams are two teams that definitely deserve to be in the tournament. And my next two teams who I mentioned later, are it's very close between them and some of the people in the first four out. And to be honest, I'm not sure any of them really deserve to be in, but they're the best out of those. But I'll just say it later. But in the two teams in the last four and that I do think really deserve to be the tournament, it's number one UConn and then Drake. UConn has some good wins. They beat Seton Hall. Who's a pretty good team? They they be Marquette. They aren't. They're only lost by six points to Villanova. They right. beat Xavier, who's a good team. They beaten Butler, who beat Villanova. They beaten Butler twice actually. They have a good great win against USC, led by Evan Mobley. USC is a very good team, and I mean, yeah, I definitely think UConn deserves to be in. Yeah, I would agree. I I I. I also have them in in my in my last four in. Um, they are a very very solid team. They have they only lost by by eight to Villanova, as you said. They have some pretty impressive wins versus teams like Seton Hall and Butler. They um they beat yeah. um uh, I'm blanking on the name. Um, USC. They only lost by two to to Creighton. They there's the very talented team. They're third in the Big East at at thirteen and six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So as mentioned before, yeah, yeah. As mentioned before, um, my next team on the last four in is Drake. Um, Drake coming off a bad loss against Bradley. I don't think they deserve to be in the pods, but I think they do definitely deserve to be in the tournament. They have a pretty good win against Loyola Chicago. Drake Drake has a pretty good defense, not a great – the thing is they put up like 80 points against these nothing teams, but when they've actually played good teams like Loyola Chicago, like they only scored 51 points against Loyola Chicago. They don't usually win it that. Right. But they had lockdown D and shut them down to 50 points. They have a good defense. They are, When they're playing good teams, they don't have a very good offense. Like they've scored 54 and 51. Like when they – in their game when they lost to Loyola Chicago, they scored – Scored more than in the game that they won, right? Um, uh, but yeah, they have a good defense, especially when they're play- like they put up one eleven against Chicago State. That's got Chicago State. They have a solid win against Kansas State, who's not a tournament team, but like you it's know, a Power Five team still. Yeah, not not even a, not a team that's on the bubble, but a team that's on the verge of being the bubble, if you will, you know, top right, three the bubble seed, of the bubble. top three seed in the NIT. Um, right. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I think they do deserve to be in. Right. I guess I, I already said Drake. I have them in my, in my, in my buys. So I'll move on to my next team in the last four in. And that is the, CU. That's my next team as well. They're seventeen and six. They're sitting in the in the Atlantic Ten. They they have some decent decent wins. They've beaten Dayton twice, which isn't that impressive this yeah. year. But they only lost by three to Penn State earlier in the season. We're not great, but they're still a Big Ten team. They've had some not great losses. They just came off a loss to Davidson. And but, then George Mason. Yeah. They, they, yeah, I mean, they're my next team as well. They're coming off a loss right, against George Davidson. Mason, and they lost to George Mason. But in between that, they have a win against St. Louis, a win against Richmond, who's a solid team, then a right. win against St. Bonaventure, which is 
their best win out of all of those because St. Bonaventure is a t- is St. Bonaventure is a good team that I think will win their conference tournament and could pull off an upset in the tournament in my opinion, uh-huh. um, and that was a good win against them, um, pro- probably their best win all year, uh, uh, and they they have a win against Utah State only three to Penn State and yeah I think they're a solid team um, that deserves to make the tournament um and now my next team i i guess i misspoke when i said vcu didn't deserve to make the tournament because i think they do my next team is boise state and Uh and i think that boise state doesn't deserve to make the tournament they just deserve to make it more than the rest of the teams of the first four out i don't really think any of these teams these next teams deserve to make the tournament but boise state is a solid team and i think deserves to make it the most out of um out of the the teams left um they're coming off a loss to San Diego State but it is impressive that they only lost by four because San Diego State is a solid team and they also lost to Fresno State which is a bad loss but then they beat Utah State twice who are two solid teams they lost twice to Nevada but then they beat Colorado State who's a solid team but that like it's been just up and down up and down the whole year um but I and I again I don't really think they deserve to make the tournament, but they just deserve to make it a little more than the rest of the teams. And honestly, but, I think that Utah State has had some better wins, and I'll say they're my first team on the first four out. But what puts Boise State above them is just the fact that Boise State beat Utah State twice. Right. I was about to say the same exact thing. Right. Um, Utah State have had some decent wins. Argue, I think better wins, but they they've. They were beat twice within three days by yeah. Boise State. Yeah. Can't. There's no why. Like, why would you be able to put them above? Yeah. Right? But Makes no logical sense. Who, who's your next team in the West Warren? Oh. It's Boise State. I, oh, okay. Um, that I, yeah. I thought I said that. No. Um, I guess you may have inferred it and I missed it. But, um, right. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're just better than the rest. And like I already said, my first team on the um, first four out is Utah State. Utah State, again, better wins than Boise State. Just they lost to them twice. I don't think you can put them in above them. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Utah State um, is some solid wins, but two losses against Boise State. I mean, they also lost to UNLV at Colorado State, then beat Utah State. They have two wins against San Diego State, which that's right. my biggest thing. You could argue that two wins against San Diego State is stronger than losing losses. twice to, to Boise State um, and Bo- that Boise State's being San Diego State. But for me, it's the fact that they lost twice and Boise State was within four against San Diego State that just puts it above. But again, those two are really close for me. Right. I, I agree. I have Utah State in my first four out. Um, they, yeah, yeah, you mentioned they have two extremely impressive wins um, within four days because the weird way that, yeah, that the um, that the Mount West Conference schedules their games where they play like series, but yeah, yeah. Um, be at the time number nineteen. Yeah, ranked I'll say this: I think State. Utah State is a better team than Boise State, even though they lost to them twice. But it's not you're not choosing who you think is the better team when they're playing on the court. You're choosing who has the best resume and who's right. been better the year in the year. And I just don't think that Boise State is a better resume. So right. I I'm a big believer in the head-to-head matchups are extremely important yeah. in deciding. I agree. These types of things. So, you want to go with your next team? Uh, yeah, I'll go with my next team. It is, it is Seton Hall. Um, they, Seton Hall, Seton Hall, Seton Hall. Solid team. Um, I, why am I, why can't I form correct words? Um, you, I believe Hall. Oh, God. Yeah. They're um, coming off. They're coming off a loss to Connecticut and Butler back. Uh, 
coming off of losses for to um, Connecticut, Butler, Georgetown, three straight. They're in a bit of a skid right now. But they beat Connecticut earlier in the year. They only lost by by eight to, to number 10 Villanova, only lost to, by four to number 14 Creighton, and then only lost by two to number 10 Villa, Villano, Villanova in three straight games. They've had some solid performances. They've beat Butler. They've beat Xavier. Um, yeah. They yeah. beat Penn State. They've had some solid wins. Only lost by one to Louisville. They are thirteen and eleven. Yeah, I think they're a solid so team. See, just see, not I quite good enough to make the tournament. Look, looking back on it, I might put Seton Hall above my number three team, but I'll stick with where I said before that Seton Hall is my last team on the first four out. I originally I had two teams better than them. They might be better than my number three team that I have, but you'll see who that is later. Um, mm-hmm. um, I bet you can take a guess, but um. Uh, wow, well, I have no clue who you're talking about. Um, uh, coming off a loss to UConn and Butler and Georgetown, they've lost three in a row, which has really put them down. Right. Um, but they've also beaten UConn. They've, you know, been within two of Villanova and within eight of Villanova, and then they've beaten Butler. But I just think some of that puts them under my next two teams. Now, my next one is going to be a bit of a surprise. Most people are putting them towards the tail end of the next four out, and I think that's a little bit disrespectful that that's where most people are putting them. I think they deserve to be here in the first four out where I have them, and that is Memphis. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Memphis is a pretty good team. Um, You know, they've – their overall record is 15-6. and Honestly, like – um, I mean, Houston will win it, but uh, Houston will win the um, American Athletic Conference, um, which somehow they're the number two team, even though they're the top 10 team in the nation just by conference record. Um, but I think after Houston, they're better than Wichita State in there. And I mean, they've, they've had that's just they haven't I mean they have a loss to SMU which isn't good they haven't beaten any particularly good teams they have some bad losses against Auburn and Tulsa but it's just that like they're 15 and 6 like they're a solid team and I don't think they deserve to be be getting all the hate that they're getting all right I'll move on to my my next team this is another team that a lot of people are putting in the next four out but I have Syracuse Okay. Right. They've had a few impressive, uh, more impressive win. They absolutely demolished Boston College earlier in the season. They, they, they have, excuse me, they, they've beaten Virginia Tech, who were ranked at the time. They've beaten NC State. They're coming off a win, win versus Clemson. They've had some solid in-conference wins. Um, like the way they play. I've always kind of liked Syracuse. Don't know why, but yeah. Yeah, I had Syracuse in my first team in the next four out, but they are a pretty good team, 15-8. and eight. Um, Some solid wins and coming off of a win against Clemson and UNC, but then a loss to Georgia Tech, loss right. to Duke. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they had a bad loss to Pittsburgh, um, two bad losses to Pitt. Right. Um, and then a loss. It's to- not a bad loss, Rafi. Don't disrespect it. Okay, sure. Um, but I think they're a solid team. I just don't think they're as good as my next two on the first four out. So right. I'll go to my next team on the first four out, and that is my Duke Blue Devils. Um, do, here's the thing. I hate to agree with you because I also have Duke as my last. Obviously, team. well, I have Duke as my third team. Um, on the right. first first four out obviously this has been a very big down year for Duke. usually at this point you're thinking is duke going to be a one seed or a two seed this time you're thinking can duke somehow edge into the tournament but um they're 11 and 10 where we have we're coming off a bad loss to georgia tech i'm going to talk about that game there were multiple reasons we lost there were two tear matthew hurt fouled out on when two out of six or two out of five of those calls were not even close to being fouls. 
Like they they didn't they did not call that fairly. Georgia Tech got so many lucky bounces, but Georgia Tech did play the better game. And even if it weren't for the luck, Duke would have won. I would have gone out of that what W saying we were outplayed. Right. It wouldn't be a win that we deserved. Right. And Georgia Tech played better. We just couldn't stop Jay Wright in the middle. And I mean, and yeah, I mean, but, and then we're coming off of a bad loss to Louisville. The thing about Duke is you look at both Louisville and Georgia Tech games. We were winning for most of both of those games. Duke's problem has been, we just can't close games out. You know, end of the second half, we blow it. We can't close games out against our last two games, both Georgia Tech and Louisville. You know, our best win on the year is against Virginia. We had a great win against Virginia. Um, I mean, we had some bad losses. We lost against Miami. We beat Georgia Tech earlier in the year. We had a good win against Clemson earlier in the year. I mean, but then we had a loss to Pitt. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. I think if we beat UNC on Saturday and make the ACC tournament, we should get in. If we lose to you, what do you mean you know, make the ACC tournament? Like or uh, championship? If we make right. it, but if we beat UNC on Saturday, make the ACC championship and lose, I think we should get in. If we lose to UNC, it's we win the ACC championship or we're out. And I yeah. mean, I don't think we will will even make the ACC championship. But I mean, yeah, this is just it's been a big down year for Duke, and there's still a chance, but. It's getting slimmer and slimmer every stupid loss. Right. I I, I have to because my last team in, in the first four out, I think, right, they've had some just – they've had – they beat a ranked Virginia by one earlier well, okay. in the year. At the time, Virginia was the seventh team in the country. So. Right. And that wasn't earlier in the year. That was recently. Right. That was recently. February 20th. Um, right. But they've had some just horrid losses, right? They narrowly, narrowly beating teams like Boston College. And, yeah, but I feel like those are – like, you have to look at Duke. Duke's a much better team now than they were then. Right, but still. That's I think, not yeah, the ever, that's not the ever since the win against NC State, it's a different team than the loss against Notre Dame. Right. It's, it's – yeah, but that's – you That's obviously can't. That is you not can't, the point. Yeah, you can't just judge us for that. You have to take into account what we did before, obviously. Exactly. Got to look at the resume. But I see your point right after the NC State win that kicked off. That kicked off a four-game winning streak and, and a five out of six wins. They play UNC in the last game of the regular season yeah. on Saturday. If, and also- if they win... Think that kind of secures their spot in this position, but I'm putting them in there. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll say this: Duke, like right now, these players we're talking, you know, DJ Stewart, Jeremy Roach had bad games. Like the thing about this Duke team is, it's rare. The past two teams we're seeing to us getting multiple top ten recruits, just having a pure one and done team. This year, we had a deep recruiting class with players like DJ Stewart, Jeremy Roach, Mark Williams, Henry Coleman, players that aren't going to go one and done. And in a couple of years, we might be able to build more of a veteran team, unlike usual. And that's the right. thing. Obviously, we're led by Matthew Hurt here, who there's a very good chance he'll go to the draft. Matthew Hurt's been an amazing player. Honestly, I think should win ACC Player of the Year. Um, but um, – and then – um, DJ Stewart and DJ Stewart's been solid. Wendell Moore, who I used to hate, and again, like Wendell Moore, someone that Notre Dame lost and before, like I hated. I thought he was so overrated and he was terrible for us. He just didn't do anything. But since the win against NC State, he's actually been a lot better. He's been good, great on defense, and doing much better on offense. Just had 20 points against Georgia Tech. And I, he's been much better. And as players like that, maybe in a couple of years we'll have these players and be a good team. Right. Yeah. Um. So I'll so just want to move on to your last well, team. Quickly. I'll just quickly mention because I do have left Seton Hall, my last team on the first four out, just because I talked about them when you mentioned them. I already said what I have to say about them, but I'm just saying they're my last team on the first four out. All right. So, um. 
so on this with my first team in the next four out i have big 10 school any guesses any guesses too bad it's indiana indiana yep yeah uh, they they're twelve and thirteen. They're tenth in the Big Ten. They're coming off a loss, off a loss to Michigan State, Michigan. Um, they've. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to write. They they've yeah. lost. I mean, the thing. Okay, if four I may, straight to Michigan State twice. If, Rutgers, Michigan. If I may, but in here really Men- quick. Yeah, mention something. Um, I'll say this. Indiana is my third team in my next four out, and they would not be on my next four out if it weren't for one win against Iowa. That's the only reason they beat Iowa once. I just want to mention something. I did not do these in order. Mine are not in order. Uh, No, I did not. Mine were. Okay. Um, Mine are not in order. So, um, like, they're only on the next four out because of one win they had the whole year. You take that one away. They're not on here, in my right. opinion. Right. Um, I'm struggling to come up to things we talk about because there's a reason they're only on the next four out, and it's one win versus Iowa. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'll talk. Um. Yeah. So, my next team is a team that you already uh, mentioned. Uh, you had them in your first four out, I believe. And mm-hmm. that is the Syracuse Orange. I did already mention them. Still, uh, I mean, just the worst, like, mascot in all of college basketball, but not... Don't just play. respect the Orange. Okay, but 15, it's, 15 it's, and no, 8... No, Rocky, wait, we gotta go back to that. The Orange is not... Is nowhere near the worst... worst Their mascot. team name is a color, Gabe, but... It's um, a fruit, not a color. Whatever. The fruit came first. Um... They they coming off of wins against Clemson and UNC, but loss against Georgia Tech, loss against Duke, narrow win against Notre Dame. Like they're a solid team led by Buddy Beheim, grandson of legendary coach Jim Beheim, who's their coach. Right. Um, Jim Beheim, in my opinion, a little bit overrated, but still a great coach. Um, and he they are to they are a pretty good team that deserves to be the first team on the next four out, in my opinion. All right, I'll move on to my next team. Um, it's team you already mentioned. I'm flip flopping. It's Memphis. Um, they have a few bad losses to teams like SMU, but they have a few and Tulsa. They have a few good lo- good, good wins. And I, I, can I say good losses? Is that the thing you say? Um, if you invent Clo- it. close games versus versus yeah. versus good teams, right? Yeah. I mean, if I may really quick, I'll say, I said I'm doing it in order. Looking back on it, I'm going to have Duke and Seton Hall above Memphis on my first four out. Memphis will be my last team on the first four out. Right. Um, They have a win versus a decent Cincinnati team. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say. Yeah, because again, these, these next four out teams, you there's not a lot to talk about because they're not they're not they're nowhere near tournament teams. Yeah, I mean, there's some of them that if they somehow mm-hmm. make some or whatever run in the conference in their in their conference tournaments, then they, they have could, a shot. But yeah, so but, I'll go with my. I mean, Syracuse or Memphis. I think they're a pretty good team. Um, right. uh, they're not. I mean, I had them in the first four out. So my next team is. St. Louis. Um, uh, I mean, they're a solid team. The St. Louis Billikens. I have no clue what a Billiken is. Who knows? Um, but, yeah. Um, like Wait, St- I'm looking this up because their logo, they're, they're logo looks kind of weird. Yeah. Um, St. Louis, they have a good record, 13-5, and 6-4 and four in conference, but similar to, like, the teams um, like Drake just a little bit worse. They're like Drake, just worse. Just haven't had any good wins. I mean, their best win all year is against LSU, who is a pretty good team. They'll make the tournament. Besides that, I mean, Richmond or NC State, like they haven't had very good wins, but then they have had losses against Dayton. VCU is a solid team, but um Two losses okay. against Clayton, a loss against La Sella, a loss against Minnesota, who Minnesota is an underrated team, in my opinion. Right. I, I'm butting in. 
A Billiken is a charm doll created by someone from Kansas City. Honestly, I, I want to mention Minnesota here. I think Minnesota should be, like, in the next four out or first four out. I kind of forgot about them, and no one's talking about them ever since that loss against Penn State. But I still think they deserve to be here. Honestly, I think they probably I, I deserve have- Honestly, I think they probably deserve to be here over Syracuse, but I'm not going to mention them because I forgot about them. I also have St. Louis. Um, I have an impressive win versus St. Bonaventure, as you mentioned. Um, Close loss to Minnesota. Beat NC State. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Beat LSU. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how um, LSU this year, their basketball team was more notable than their football team. Right. Especially after last season. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. Their their football team was five hundred this year, Gabe. Yeah, but their basketball team's gonna make the tournament, which doesn't usually happen with them. No, I was yeah. Yeah, that's true. They have like a few years when they have like Ben Simmons and Shaq. Yeah. But yeah. Well that was in the nineties, Gabe. Um, but, ben Simmons did not play in the 90s. No, Shaq did. I know. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll move on to my next team, and that is Indiana. You already had them. They're on here for one reason, and that is one game that they played when they beat um, Iowa, top team in the country. In my opinion, the fourth best team in the country. Um, but they have – they're coming off of – three losses in a row, one of which is against Michigan. So I feel like you can't put that against them, but Michigan State and Rutgers, and then another loss, Michigan State, again, like you can't consider this team a tournament team or close to it. Uh, again, I you know, I need to put – I'd put Minnesota as but probably, honestly, my number one team in the next four out even. I'm a big fan of this Minnesota team as a possible tournament team, but, um, but I'm not going to put them on here for the sake of – changing everything up which I don't want to do but just so you guys know I do like this Minnesota team but Indiana has had a win against Minnesota most notably and obviously against Iowa um losses though they've had um they beat Iowa twice actually um right yeah which is insanely I mean be you know no really other good wins. I mean, win against Penn State or Butler, some of their other ones, only lost by two to Florida State, which is pretty good. A win against Stanford, which is a solid win. But, yeah. All right. Um, I'll move on to my last team in the next four out. And it, it is a Pac-12 team. Any guesses? Any guesses? Any guesses? Oregon. No. It Ooh. is Stanford. Mm, okay. Stanford. Is Oregon in the Pac-12. Did I just have a really stupid thing? Oregon's in the Pac-12. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Oregon's in the Pac-12. Okay. Um, uh, back to my point. Stanford. They're sixth in the Pac-12, which is not great, especially because it's the Pac-12 this season. But, but. Had a close loss to Oregon. Um, only lost by three. They beat Washington, Utah. They beat Cal twice, back to back games. Yeah, I. I mean, again, these teams are not yeah. tournament teams. I mean, I'll say this: they beat UCLA, who are number one. I mean, my next yesterday. team. I feel like I messed this up saying that mine were done by order. The, the, but... Also, a big. They have one big win versus Alabama. Because at the start, it was by by order with the two things that were in. But looking back on it, there's definitely things I would change. Like my my team that I'll say here, I think deserves to be above St. Louis and Syracuse, not above Indiana, honestly. I'd say Indiana might be better than – not maybe not than Syracuse, but then St. Louis. But it's Oregon is my next team. Um, Oregon uh, win against Stanford, um, and I—I th- I mean, this Oregon team's I think a good team. Seventeen and five. Uh, they won seventeen and five in the conference. They're twelve and four. I mean, uh, 
they're actually playing right now against UCLA. It's a pretty close game, 44-39, with 18 left in the second half. But um, that lot wins against Stanford. Um, I mean, they beat Colorado. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's two wins against Stanford. And a win against Seton Hall. And, yeah, I think, I think this Oregon team is a pretty good team. Thinking back on it, I would put Oregon over Stanford. But, yeah. Uh, so, I guess we'll move on to our next segment. Um, just this past day or past couple days, the NBA three-point contest and dunk contest participants were announced. Um, so, we are going to name our all-time dream three-point and dunk contest. If I may say one thing really quick, very excited that Cassius Stanley made the dunk contest. was a <sighs> last year, but, yeah. Right. Um, we're going to do f- – we, we, we're doing four dunk contest participants and yeah. six three-point contest participants. Yeah. So if you want to uh, kick us off with the first dunk yeah, contest, so guys. I say, I did mine – a little bit in order. I guess I like to do things in order from my most like my other one I'd want to see the most. So I'll go I'll go in reverse order. My number four that I put for the dunk contest, Dominique Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Dominique Wilkins, legendary dunker. Um um obviously um uh what year did he win? I forget. Well, 1986, yeah. maybe? No, 84 and 85 he won. 84 and 85. Or no, um, he won at whatever. Um, I don't know exact. I don't remember exactly which ones he won. He played in multiple in the 80s. Amazing dunker. And, yeah. Controversial take. I don't have Dominique Wilkins on mine. This is Dream. He made some exciting dunks. But um, my number four is Spud Webb. Shortest ever player to win a dunk contest. Just be cool to see him go up against uh, all time He's a great. good dunker, but you, I don't think you can say he's better than Dominique Wilkins. I never said he was better. It's who you want to see. Uh, I guess we did this a little bit differently. I kind of did the four best dunk contest people ever. But honestly, I would Then I would put Dominique I would want to see the four best. I'd rather see Dominique. Imagine just a dunk contest of the four best ever. Like, it'd be so close and so exciting. Like, right. closer than the Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. And there'd be more. Actually, no. Dunk. I'm switching my Spud Web pick on the spot. You mentioned Zach Levine. I'm putting in Zach Levine. Yeah, Zach, Zach Levine was a possibility. Zach Levine is an amazing dunker. Amazing dunker, super fun to watch. I don't know if Obviously. anyone haven't been too many players ever better at the through the legs behind the backs. Yeah. Um, I still think he should. He definitely shouldn't have won against Aaron Gordon in that year. I agree. Aaron Gordon got robbed twice. Yeah, we'll talk about that a different time, maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'll go on to my next one. It is the best player in NBA history, in my opinion, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, of course, had the legendary half-court dunk. We all know the best dunk in Michael Jordan's history half-court was dunk. the half-court space jam dunk. Oh, um, I, I was going to say. No. Half-court. Gabe, shut up. The best Michael Jordan dunk ever is the dunk in space jam where he stretched his arm out like 20 feet. Mm-hmm. But sure. um, definitely happened in real life. But um, in in reality, amazing, known for his, you know, half court, even or not half court, uh, foul line, even a little bit further dunks, just huge vertical leap on him, and yeah, he is a great dunker and very exciting. It would All be- right, I'll move on to my next person. It is. I, I have MJ. I'll talk about him later. It is another short player, but it is three-time winner, only player to win Nate three times. Robinson. Nate Robinson. Yeah, Nate Robinson's an awesome player. I mean, Nate Robinson's just an awesome dude. I mean, he played like a 2K match against, I forget who it was, but like a professional player, and it was really funny watching him play. He was he's, – he's an awesome, really funny dude. He is – honestly, I might put him above Dominique Wilkins, but – um, right. I don't know. I have Nate Robinson. 
great dunker, not so great boxer, but we don't have to get into that. Nate Robinson. Yeah, yeah, three-time winner, only only player to win it three times. Won it with the Knicks, I think, all three times. Yeah. But, yeah, legendary dunker. It's something about just watching shorter NBA players dunk is just super, super fun to watch. I'll say my next one, you might think this is a little controversial because most people consider him the best dunker ever. I think he's he's an amazing dunker, second best dunker ever in my opinion. That's Vince Carter. Uh, I'm interested to see who, who you have over Vince Carter. Vince Carter, you know, obviously known for the through the legs, 360s, the honey dips, amazing dunker, very exciting dunker to watch, multiple dunk contest champions, and yeah. He's a great dunk contest participant. Yeah, I also have Vince Carter. I think that's pretty obvious. I think Vince Carter and Michael Jordan are the two a thousand percent picks, and maybe Nate Robinson is also in that. But I'll be uh, interested to see. I guess you know. I guess you don't have my number one on your whole list, which I kind of can't believe. I don't. I must have forgotten someone. All right, but you go. I will. And make you anticipate. Oh, I know who it is, and I I know who I forgot. My it is uh, the OG yep, contest for- winners from the sixties, Doctor J, Julius Irving, first I've- ever person to do the foul line dunks. I, in my opinion, the best dunker in NBA history. Even if he isn't the best like dunker in NBA history, which in my opinion he is, I feel like you have to put him one just because he's the person that started like the dunk contest and the exciting right. dunks. Did he ever, but even yeah, without he, he, he was even, doing dunk contests before they were even in the NBA. Yeah, yeah I mean, even the even if he, if he's not the best dunker of all time, I feel like you have to put him one. And in my opinion, he is still the best dunker of all time. Crazy, you know, through the legs from the foul line, foul line dunks, and I think he's number one here. All right, I forgot, Doctor J. Don't know how that happened. It's a slip up. We'll we'll move on. We'll move on. You want? I'll go on to my first uh, three point guy. I'm not doing mine in order. But I'll say I'll say one of mine right here. I think if you have this one for sure, it's Larry Bird. Yeah. Um. um mine was in, I did mine in order. I have Larry Bird. I'll talk about him later, a little lower on my list. But right. I didn't do mine in order. I I'll do oh I have Larry Bird. He won what the first three, first two, something like that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Larry Bird, legendary player. Um, in 1988, I love this line. You know, Larry Bird is so confident. I know in the 1988 contest, he was looking at the people doing warm ups, and he said, "Why are you looking at them so closely?" And he's like, "I'm trying to see who will come in second. Uh-huh. And of course, he ended up winning that one. Um, um, and yeah, I'll have him a little lower. So my one. I could not choose between the two. These are the two people that I have that I would love to see because for most, one of them for their whole career, the second one for most of their career played without a three-point line. They were like the only people in their time that were good shooters. Then it was all about the big men centers and stuff. But it's Jerry West and Pete Maravich. I have them tied at the number six spot. I can't. I can't choose one. I mean, Jerry West was an amazing shooter for his time. There's no three-point stats. Um, But um, Pete Maravich, oh, look at this. You know, Pete Maravich, or Maravich, I don't know. By the time... Um, there was By the time there was the three-point line, he was a little bit washed up, not nearly as good as he once was. It was the last three years of his career. Um... And he only played like not too many games. He wasn't right. like he wasn't even a starter then. Yeah. Um. And he barely shot because he just wasn't as good. So you can't really take the stats he has from then into account. Um. Because I mean, yeah. I mean, but he was an amazing shooter in his prime. Um. And if there were a three point line, we'd be. I think putting him as like one of the best three point shooters of all time, and so I didn't, I couldn't choose between Jerry West and Pete Maravich. 
I don't have Jerry Vest, but I do have Pete Maravich. Um, I will all get into to, to Pistol Pete right now. He only played um, nine years in his career, but for his career, averaged 24 points a game on 44% from the field goal from from the field, which is outstanding, obviously. And you watch, you watch if you if you look on YouTube and you watch old clips, he took he took a fair amount of shots from from around the three point line, yeah. where, like where it is now, obviously. Yeah. But if right, it's crazy to imagine if he how many points he would have averaged with a three point line. But yeah, yeah super talented. Yeah player yeah so my next guy is reggie miller reggie miller never actually like his career three-point percentage is 39 percent um but he had years where you know he's 42 percent from three i mean he's an amazing three he was an amazing three-point shooter um best uh year i think statistically would have been 97 98 which was also his best year um, that was the year, you know, lost to MJ and the MJ Bulls in seven games in the playoffs. Right. Um, I don't know who was his best year, but it was one of his best years. Um, and yeah, um, I Reggie Miller, great shooter. Oh, uh, I also have Reggie Miller. Um, yeah, excellent shooter, most known for the for the choking sign at at um Spike Lee. Almost forgot his name there for a second. That yeah. that's. Right. Um, yeah, excellent shooter. I'm going to move on to my next person. It is it is more modern player. It is um, it is Steve Nash. He never shot. He had some a few insane years from the three point line. Career 42 percent from three. Didn't take that many threes, but see that's had a, the percentage. I think if we're talking about like. You can't consider him a top shooter of all time because he didn't take enough threes. If he were in today's NBA, he would be so much better because he was such a good shooter, like an amazing shooter, but he passed so much because that was like what point guards did back then. But if he was in today's NBA, he would be so much better. He'd be so good. He'd be hitting down. He'd be hitting threes constantly. But I, I, I he just didn't take enough threes to, for me to put him on here. All right. I'll, I'll put him on here. So, you want to go? Yeah, so my next one, someone you already mentioned, Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Um, career three-point percentage of 37%, but he had, you know, years where it was 42%. I mean, legendary 88, um, 1988 performance in the three-point contest and, you know, won many three-point contests. Just an amazing, one of the best shooters ever. Right. I'll move on to my my next one, my second-to-last one. Is Kyle Corver? Wait, beast. hold up. You you have Kyle Corver and one other person. Yeah. Wait. Huh. Reggie Miller, Steve Nash, Larry Bird, Pete Maravich, Kyle Corver. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm doing my dream. I'm not doing best. Keep this in mind. Rafi, we misinterpreted. We were talking about this. Rafi's doing best, I guess. I'm doing dream. Well, no, I like why. Okay, in my opinion, you have to put um, one of them on the dream because he's so exciting. Some of the most iconic shots ever. But um, oh, I forgot about Ray Allen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's um, I'm taking out Kyle Corver, putting in Ray Allen. Exactly. I really wanted to just say that say the nickname Threesus, but okay. Besides the point, I got to say it. Ray Allen has one of the most iconic shots in recent NBA history in the finals, arguably saving LeBron James. Yeah, I think I think that that Ray Allen shot might be the best shot in NBA history. Not the best shot in basketball history. That goes to the Leitner shot. Oh, but any chance you hate, any chance, any any slim opportunity you get to talk about, talk about. Um. Would you not do the same with the Nats? But um, do you not do the same with Watson? I, I can't. I don't. Never mind. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, Ray Allen, I mean, legendary, one of the best shots ever. Just It's weird. Ray Allen has, like, 
like what you when you look at his form, it's like exactly what coaches tell you not to do. Right. He had perfected it so much that he was so good. You know, just a straight line drive. Coaches tell you you to get arc on your shot. He just had a straight line drive for him. But, you know, 40% career three-point percentage. Um, had years where he would he had like 43%. He had in in 2010-11, or in 2011-12, he, had, he was 45% from three. 45. Right. Well, he was, he was old. He was, what, like 30-something. 36. His whole job was to sit in the corner and shoot threes, yeah. shot five threes a game. It's crazy how the most iconic moment of his career was when he was like a bench player. Way out of his prime, right? Was it the last yeah. season of his career? Maybe second um, to last? Second to last, I think. Yeah. He didn't start a single game that season. Yeah. And it was the most iconic moment of, of his whole career. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, so and, I don't know how this happened, but I have two left on mine. I think I might have just, like, you mentioned one. I talked about it a little bit. Yeah, met, yeah. So, yeah, I have you, two. You say one. I mean, I know we have the same number one. Yeah, so if I go my number one, Steph Curry. It's it's no one except for Steph Curry. Right. Like I don't – do we have to say anything? Right? Like, Steph like, Curry is un, without a doubt the best shooter in NBA history. Right now has a career um, three-point percentage of 43%, and that's only going to get better. You know, ha, has had years where he's, you know, 45 mo- – three years where he was 45% from three or three couple years where he was 44% from three. He takes so many of them, but it doesn't matter because they he hits so many of them. Right, and yeah, like his worst, his worst full season of three point shooting. Keep in mind, this is full season, is forty one percent. Jesus Christ! I'm not counting last year. Only played five games. Forty one percent as his worst. That would be pretty much anyone currently in the NBA's right now best. It's absurd. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah, and my next guy, um, in my opinion, second best shooter in NBA history, just because he's a little more consistent than Ray Allen. I'd rather see Ray Allen in the three-point contest just because he's more of an exciting of a player. But Clay Thompson, best year, 44% from three. His worst year ever was when he was 40% from three. Um, And, yeah, just an amazing shooter, won a couple three-point contests, either one or two. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, check out our Instagram at All Star Sports Podcast and our website www. And um, I believe we also made a TikTok. We 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 have made TikTok. We are not posting on that yet, so I'm not going to tell the name. But once we start posting, oh. I will. We will start. I guess I shouldn't have said can- that. I guess I shouldn't have said that. It's a it's a leak leak leaked leak. moment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for watching. All Peace Star out. Sports leaked. All right. Peace.